0: Shalom to everyone. And this week's Parsha Parsha told us it says that when Rivka had Yaakov and Esau in her womb, it says, banim be-kir-ba, which means that the children clashed within her. It Brings down Rashi and Midrash on this that whenever she passed the entrances to the house of study of Ever, i.e., the learning of Torah, Yaakov struggled to get to exit. And whenever she passed the entrance to the house of idol worship, Esav struggled to exit. And hence, she went to Shem Ve'ever, to that yeshiva, to the Rav, to ask him, what's going on over here? And he said, yeah, there's a long story over here. There's really two nations in you. Uh, one's Rebi and, and the Gemara Darshins. Don't call nations, but it also sounds like another word. And it's really re- referencing Rebi, who's going to come out from Yaakov, and Antoninus, who's coming out to Isav. Now, this Midrash poses many questions which I want to share with you and Bezer Shem with one fundamental idea will be able to resolve all the questions. Question number one is that it seems that this Midrash is going against a very basic concept in Yiddishkeit that a person has free will if to go in the ways of Hashem or not we know that everything is everything is in the hands of Hashem except for our free will to decide if to go in the ways of Hashem or not however here it seems pretty evident that it's already a done deal Esav gave him the tendency to go to to go against Hashem whereas to Yaakov he gave a tendency to go with Hashem that's question number one question number two the Gemara and hedrim, the Avtali Aleph Famud Beis says that over there Rebbe had certain arguments with Antoninus, and at the end of the day he agreed on several of these arguments with Antoninus. One of them was that indeed the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, only comes to about once a person is born, and not during the time of con- of conception. But that seems to contradict this Midrash, because before they were born they already has had... Aesop had this tendency to go to avoid the Zohar. It seems that that is the evil inclination. So what's going on here? Question number three, I think, is it's related to this topic. The Rambam seems to contradict himself. Why? Because he begins in Hilchos Deus with a discussion of inborn personality traits. For instance, he writes that some people are by nature cruel and other merciful. Yet the Rambam in the fifth chapter of Hilchos Tshuva, says that a person's nature does not cause him to be righteous or evil, merciful or cruel, etc. Wiser or foolish, their choice lies completely in his own hands. So that's a head-on collision. Well, what's going on over here? Some other questions that I want to raise that have to do with the Parsha, and the idea we'll bring out will help answer these as well, is in this week's Parsha, as I mentioned earlier, the Rav tells Rivka, yeah, there are two nations in you, shnei goim bevitnech, and the Gemara Darshins, and Avoida Azara, and Yud Aleph, Amud Aleph, I think, shnei goim bevitnech, and one of them is going to be Rebi, altikri goyim again, one is Rebi, he's coming from Yaakov, and one's Antoninus. What does that have to do with anything? Why is the Gemara telling us that? Rashi's well, quoting that also on the Parsha, what does that have anything to do with it? And another question is, What was Yitzchak thinking that he really thought that Esau should deserve the blessings and not Yaakov? Everyone knew that Yaakov was the one learning Torah. He was the good one. And he should have gotten the brachos, the blessings. Why did Yitzchak try to give it to Esau? Even though we all know the story that Yaakov, with the help of Rivka, his mother, pretended to be Esau and got the blessings, which in a way was very justified because... because he bought the right to be the firstborn from, and everything that goes with it, from Esau, his brother, so he should really get them. But what was Yitzchak thinking then in the first place? The blessings should go to Esau. It doesn't seem to be just because he's the oldest. And what was Rivka? Why did Rivka not agree with Yitzchak that she helped Yaakov pretend to be Esau? And the last question is, Yitzchak came... When when Esav realized he was tricked and fooled, he came to Yitzchak and says, "Please, please, give me a, a blessing." And Yitzchak said, "I can't give you any more of those blessings. I already gave them to someone else." And then he gives them a very mediocre blessing that seems to be totally dependent. If you look closely into the blessing, on the on the blessing that already Yaakov was given, meaning Yaakov will it the, the blessing kind of will come from what Yaakov already got. It's a very bedieved very weak blessing. However. Later in the Parsha, when when Yitzchak sends Yaakov to find the wife, then he gives him an amazing blessing. Why couldn't Yitzchak just give that blessing to Esav? He said he has no more blessing to give. What's going on over here? So in order to answer all these questions, we have to make a a very clear demarcation between free will and natural tendencies. It's true, like we saw in the Rambam, in the Chasteus, and it's true that there are indeed natural tendencies. Akadosh Buhu gives it to, them, to us during the time of conception. More than that, we get more effect on the natural tendencies by within which environment we are born in and brought up in. Abeni Yuna even says clearly that there's two different types of character traits. One that's that is passed over to us by Yerusha. It comes from father to son, and many of us probably know that inherently we have natural instincts, because either it's in our spiritual DNA that Hakadosh Bukh gave us during time of consumption, or it's coming from our from our parents or from the environments that we were brought up in. And that indeed, Hashem decides what natural ten- tendencies we have. It is a huge mistake to think that it's a done deal by these natural tendencies. To a certain extent, these natural tendencies are to- totally parv. Parve. They're totally neutral. And it's all about our free will to decide how to leverage and use these character traits, these natural tendencies for avoid the Hashem, to get closer to Hashem. Some have a lot of energy and they can use that to bring to build up huge factories of chesed. Others have the natural tendencies to be able to to, to learn Torah and and be calm about it and always learn Torah etc etc and everyone has their own mission in life which is by the way why it's so obvious that one cannot judge anyone else so first of all off the bat that helps us relieve alleviate the the contradiction in the Rambam because in Hilkos Deus he's talking about that everyone has a a natural tendency for certain things, that HaKadosh decides during the time of conception, but that's neutral. Even anger is neutral, because there are times one needs to use anger to a certain extent, or to a higher extent, depends on the situation. Sometimes he totally has to not use anger, but everything in a certain sense is neutral. And the Rambam later on in Hul Tshuva Saying, yeah, the way you use your natural tendencies That's all up to you And that's why a person needs to know Where he needs to work on On what he needs to work on And that's why it's important he knows himself Which natural tendencies he has Because he he needs to know when to suppress them And when to use them And when to work on himself Because a person can get to a point Where he works on himself And he doesn't have that anger at all That anger tendency But it's a, a lifetime of work Now Having said that, that we have a clear demarcation between free will and natural tendencies, we can also understand the Gemaras we spoke about earlier, when we were talking about things that are happening. Our natural tendencies, indeed, that can be during the time of conception, but when we're talking about free will, that is only up to us. And the Yetzir that fights and tries to get us not to manage to do the right thing, that only comes to us when we were born we mainly we can also understand what it means the midrash that Ashi brings down it seems like he says it's a done deal that already Esau struggled to go to the idol worshipping place but if you look carefully it never says that he's going there to be an idol worshipper it just means he had a tendency to be amongst those people to go there to that area why? because that represents physical pleasures the physical world because indeed Worshipping idols in them in those days, Akadish who did give them some powers, and he had that tendency to be to to go there, whereas Yaakov had the Akedah Shemuel gave him the natural tendencies to go and be part of spiritual, among spiritual people. But yet that does not mean it's not a soul. That's not it's not a done deal because Yisav still has, in a certain sense, it's still neutral because that power that that tendency to physical things again a person can use that for also probably the session and get closer to hashem as we know in Amisrael there's the tribe of Yehuda who has kings and they were leading the wars and stuff and and the, they, they were the head of the the physical part of Amisrael, and yet you have shavit levi the Kohanim, the levim they were the head of the spiritual so you see you need both also Yisacher and learning Torah and supporting Torah. You see, you always need this combination. And hence, it was not a done deal at all. Esau did have the potential to do something huge, to, to to take care of all the physical needs, whereas Yaakov will take care of the spiritual needs. However, Esau failed what he needed to do. Now, Yitzchak wasn't aware of that. Yitzchak really thought that Esau had the potential to do that job and to be... A powerhouse together with Yaakov. Yaakov will take care of the spiritual leadership, whereas Esav will take care of the physical leadership. And Behemet Esav always tricked Yitzchak. He always asked him shaylas in halacha, and and Yitzchak convinced himself that the reason Esav wasn't saying Hashem's name because we know that es- when Esav came, Yitzchak he never said Beiizah Hashem, Boch Hashem, etc. But he understood the reason he did that because he's going to be in places that halachically it's not so, it's not matim to say Hashem's name. So he didn't want to get used to it. Be he was always. So Yitzchak really wanted and was hoping that indeed Isav could do it and he'll be the, in charge of the, the physical leadership and whereas Yaakov's spiritual leadership. But Rivka knew better than that. Rivka realized that he's not doing the job and he's tricking you. Why did Rivka know that? Because Rivka came from a family that people were tricking everyone. So she was aware of that. And hence she made sure that Yaakov, because there was no other choice, also gets the blessings. Now don't forget, the blessings were totally physical blessings, if you look carefully in the text, and hence, they were only meant for Isab, that's what Yitzchak are. But Rivka saw that I- Yaakov will have to take the total leadership, which is not the best, but there was no other choice, and he'll have to be in charge of also the physical needs, and also the spiritual needs of Am Yisrael. And Hence, we're called Bnei Yisrael. Yisrael is Yaakov's name. It was changed to Yisrael, because we're Bnei Yisrael. Now that also explains the answer. What in the world is the is is Kesha, What does it have to do with Rabbi Antoninus? That's because that is the place in history we see where the physical leadership worked together with the spiritual spiritual leadership, and it was a powerhouse, as I said, because Rebbe came from Yaakov and Antoninus from the nation of Rome, Edom, which is a sav. They work together. You look in the Gemara Nevoyed not Taf Yudalif, a different Taf over there. It explains how they work together. And, and Rebi taught Antoninus all kinds of things in Torah. And they were very good friends. And Antoninus uh, did everything so that Amishal would be able to learn. He gave them a lot of gold so that won't, they won't have any issues paying taxes, etc., etc. So that's the relationship. Why it's brought down in, in this week's Parsha. We can also understand what happened when, on the one hand, Yitzchak told Esav, "Sorry, I already gave the blessings to Yaakov." On the other hand, later on in the parsha, he gives an amazing, another, another, another amazing blessing to Yaakov when he left to look for a wife. What's happening over here? Answer: The last blessing was a total spiritual blessing that Yitzchak knew for sure has nothing to do with Esav. That's not his natural tendencies. That are not; those are not the koichos who gave him, and hence. It was totally obvious to Eitzchak that it's not relevant to him. The only thing he could do is give him the a type of blessing for physical things, but it was already the main blessings were given to Yaakov instead. Melech, I think we've answered all the questions we raised at the beginning. And what we well, now, how does this affect us? Well, a person should work on himself to try to understand himself better, what natural tendencies he has. And based on that, he should work on himself. A, that the negative, or the ones that are more associated with negative, like anger, etc., or gaiva hardiness, etc., a person should work to try to uproot as much as possible. On the other hand, a person also should continuously try to use every trait he has that, as we said, from a certain perspective, they're neutral to see how he can use that and leverage off of that to do his mission in life. Some people have a lot of energy, should be building maybe big factories of chesed, and others, whatever it is they have. And a person, a lot of times, when a person, it's very hard for him to do something, that's dafka the thing he needs to do for, for Am Yisrael, to get closer to Hashem. To know ourselves better and to continue growing with the natural tendencies that Kaddish gave us. Good Shabbos.